Gabe, see you next week. See ya. Take care. RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Vicky Wong. The top stories. There's a call for leniency as the Leave Home Safe app becomes mandatory at government premises from tomorrow. Beijing's top diplomat will hold only his second face-to-face discussion with his US counterpart this afternoon. And new data shows more evidence of weakness in the mainland's manufacturing sector. The Hong Kong Council of Social Service has made a call for leniency and empathy ahead of the introduction of mandatory use of the Leave Home Safe app at government premises tomorrow. Wendy Wong reports. Speaking on a radio program, the council's chief executive Choi Hoi Wai said government departments should be conscious of the fact that many homeless and elderly people can't afford smartphones. He said it was important that a new rule did not put them off going to clinics or assessing social services. Mr. Chua said NGOs were collecting second-hand smartphones to give to people and teaching recipients how to use the app. The app for entry rule will apply to everyone aged over 12 and under 65, except for disabled people who are unable to use the app. People who are exempt will still have to leave contact details. The civil service minister Patrick Nip acknowledged that there could be teething problems and said officials would go easy on people at first. Foreign Minister Wang Yi is set to meet the U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken later today. The meeting will take place at the G20 summit in Rome. It will be the first face-to-face discussions between the two men since they met in Alaska in March when they publicly exchanged sharp rebukes. World leaders are due to focus on global warming on the summit's second day, hours ahead of the official start of the UN climate talks in Glasgow. A draft communique suggests there has been no new commitment so far on reducing carbon emissions. New data from the National Bureau of Statistics has given further evidence of a slowdown in the manufacturing sector on the mainland. Steve Dunthorne has the details. The latest Purchasing Managers Index, or PMI, readings show that factory activity on the mainland contracted for a second consecutive month. Manufacturing PMI stood at 49.2, down from 49.6 in September. Analysts had expected a figure of 49.7. A PMI below 50 indicates activity is slowing. The services sector continued to expand, but at a slower than expected rate. Non-manufacturing PMI fell to 52.4 from 53.2 as new COVID outbreaks hit the economy. Composite PMI was 50.8, down from September's 51.7. Locally, the financial secretary, Paul Chan, says GDP figures released tomorrow for the, f- for the three months to September will be positive, but lower than for the first half of the year. He expects GDP growth for the full year to be close to 6.5%. People in Japan are voting in parliamentary elections weeks after the new prime minister, Fumio Kishida, took office. His Liberal Democratic Party, which has governed for much of the past six decades, is hoping to hold on to its majority in the lower house of parliament. These voters in Tokyo think the current government will be returned to office. I don't think there'll be an immediate big change, but I chose a party that seems to put an emphasis on improving people's daily life. It's hard to say the society is stable when the coronavirus pandemic has not been completely contained yet. So in terms of the continuity of coronavirus countermeasures, I would like the current administration to continue rather than ask for a big change that topples the ruling party. 
The director of the Japan program at the Stimson Center in Washington, Yuki Tatsumi, says many people were frustrated by the two previous prime ministers' response to the pandemic. There are a lot of uh, stress and disappointment and frankly, uh, quite a great deal of a grievance toward the uh, ruling coalition about how the government led by um, first Prime Minister Abe and then Prime Minister Suga have handled the uh, government's response to the pandemic. So we just have to see this is one of the most unpredictable elections that I have seen. Poll results have continued to change right up until the last minute. So it will be very, very interesting to see how unaffiliated voters will move, how big of a voting uh, percentage is going to be and uh, things like that. And now the weather, mainly cloudy, one or two rain patches in the morning, sunny intervals during the day. The maximum temperature will be around 26 degrees, moderate northeasterly winds becoming easterlies fresh offshore. Forecasters say it will be windier with sunny periods in the next couple of days. The temperature is 26 degrees and the humidity at 67%. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes to past one. Leaders of the United States, Germany, France and Britain have urged the Iranian president to seize the opportunity opened up by Washington's possible return to the 2015 nuclear deal and get back to the negotiating table. In a joint statement issued after diplomats met on the sidelines of the G20 summit in Rome, the four countries called on the president, Ibrahim Raisi, to act in good faith in order to prevent a dangerous escalation. The outgoing German chancellor, Angela Merkel, said there was no time to waste. We are counting on a return of Iran to the negotiating table, but the clock is ticking. Uranium enrichment is occurring in Iran and this deeply concerns us. That's why it was time to discuss what can be done so that Iran does not get nuclear weapons. Activists have been arriving in Glasgow as the Scottish city prepares to host the most important climate summit since the Paris Accord was reached six years ago. Pilgrims from various religions across Europe arrived on foot. Many had walked hundreds of kilometres. Some, like 65-year-old Galind Hoffman, had come from as far afield as Poland. We uh, started off in Poland, in Zilona Gora in Poland and then walked straight through Germany, straight through the Netherlands, and then went to the, on the ferry to Newcastle, and from Newcastle uh, we walked up the Northumberland coast and then we entered Scotland and we are here now, and we are very happy to be here now. Police say they'll protect the rights of peaceful protesters, but will deal robustly with any violent disorder during the two-week gathering in Glasgow. The Hollywood actor Alec Baldwin has described his accidental killing of a colleague on a film set earlier this month as a one-in-a-trillion episode. He was speaking on camera for the first time since he shot Helena Hutchins with a prop gun. Mr Baldwin said he would support efforts to limit the use of firearms on film sets. He also said the production of the movie Rust was unlikely to resume. To sport and in football, Chelsea manager Thomas Tuchel says he's only focused on his team, not other clubs vying for the title. The Blues beat Newcastle 3-0, thanks to a brace from Rhys James and an 81st-minute penalty from Jorginho in the top of the Premier League table. I'm, I'm very happy with the team effort uh, today and um, we, we don't celebrate other, other, other teams' results, you know. You can lose in this, uh, in this, in this league any match and in any minute and uh, so we focus on us and uh, we keep going and uh, let's see where, where it goes but it's a long way to go.
Brighton staged a fantastic comeback from 2-0 down to draw two all at Liverpool. Goals from Jordan Henderson and Sadio Mane put the Reds in a commanding position before a stunning strike from Zambia's Enoch Mwepu, his first Premier League goal, and a second-half equaliser from Leandro Trossard rescued a point for the Seagulls. Here's the Brighton boss, Graham Potter. Credit is the players. They've been fantastic. They're togetherness, their work rate, their attitude for each other is really, really good and you need that here. You have to be humble and say it's a fantastic football club and a great environment to play and we, and we competed. The champions Manchester City also lost ground on leaders Chelsea after a 2-0 defeat at home against Crystal Palace. Wilfred Zaha gave the Eagles an early lead with Conor Gallagher securing the points late on. Zaha felt his side deserved all three points. We know how good they are but today was about us not letting them play and showing what we can do. And yeah, that's what we did. The goal that you scored so early on was the perfect platform. Honestly, did you catch it truly or did you scuff it slightly? Um, I scuffed it, but a goal is a goal, to be honest. I was just, I was just buzzing that. I, I see it go in, really, and that's, that's the way we wanted to start. So, yeah, I was happy. England's cricketers outclassed Australia in a memorable eight-wicket victory to close in on a place in the T20 World Cup semi-finals. Joss Butler smashed a brutal 71 not out as England raced to the target of 126 with ease. England now have three emphatic wins from three games and sit top of Group 1, with the top two progressing to the semi-finals. Captain Owen Morgan was pleased with the dominance of his bowling unit. The big test against a, a really strong Australian side. We sort of held up pretty well um, right from the beginning, you know, holding our nerve at the ball, creating opportunities, and then continuing to strive and be relentless with the lengths that we bowl and the plans that we're trying to execute. So I thought the bowlers again came up trumps. They were really good again today. To end the news, the top stories once again. There's a call for leniency as the Leave Home Safe app becomes mandatory at government premises from tomorrow. Beijing's top diplomat will hold only his second face-to-face -face discussion with his US counterpart this afternoon. And new data shows more evidence of weakness in the mainland's manufacturing sector. The news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3 Ladies and gentlemen, this is a journey by a journey which along the way will bring to you new color, new dimension, new value, and a new
Sit down. 